Welcome to the Sugar Freedom Show. I'm your host, Catherine Best Gordon. Today's episode is how my husband and I quit eating sugar to fix our blood sugar. Here's the story. Just a couple of weeks ago, my husband came to me and he was very, very concerned because the bottom of his feet had started burning. Now, I have been sugar-free since 2008, so he's been living with the Sugar Freedom Woman for almost 13 years. And so he hears on a regular basis why sugar is a problem. And one of the main reasons why sugar is a problem for many people is the eventual development of prediabetes, diabetes, and all of the issues that go along with that. One of the first issues that first symptoms that people will notice when they're developing issues with their blood sugar is peripheral neuropathy. I know that's a pretty big word. And the best book I can recommend, and I'm going to recommend it again later in the show with more details is Sugar Crush. But the symptoms of peripheral neuropathy often start with burning in the feet, burning in the bottoms of the feet. Now, every once in a while, you might you know feel a burning or an itching. If it goes away and you don't feel it again for weeks or months or years, that's one thing. But what was happening to my husband is that he was feeling these burning feet on a regular basis. Really, I highly recommend reading this book because you can go deeply into the issues of peripheral neuropathy. But today's episode is about becoming aware of what's happening with blood sugar and then how you can take action early on to get those numbers back to normal. So here's what happened with my husband. He came to me and he, you know, really concerned look on his face. And I could tell that he was ready to go ahead and make a change again in his eating. The interesting thing is I, one of my biggest issues, one of my biggest problems, almost something of a defect is how important appearance is to me. And I learned this as a child that you had to look in a certain way in order to be accepted. But I do think in our society, at least in the past, that didn't affect men as much as it affects women. And my husband has never had a weight problem. But as he's gotten over 60, you know, he's starting to put on weight in the belly. And guys, they look at their friends and they look pretty good compared to their friends. And so they're not too worried. So they very often, they don't necessarily take action right away. But this was the issue, the burning feet that got my husband to take action. So here's some details on what is going on with prediabetes. And then of course, what we can do about it. So glucose intolerance led to pre-diabetic blood sugar for levels for me and for my husband. Quitting sugar brought those levels down to normal for both of us. According to the Mayo Clinic website, a fasting blood sugar level below 100 milligrams per deciliter or below 5.6 millimoles per liter, which is your metric measurement, is considered normal. Fasting blood sugar level from 100 to 125 is considered prediabetes. And this result is some called, sometimes called impaired fasting glucose. And that would, if your meter is metric, that would be 5.6 to 7.0. And then a fasting blood sugar level. So this would be your blood sugar level when you get up in the morning and you use your glucose monitor, you get, do the stick and you get that little drop of blood. A fasting blood sugar level of 126 or 7.0 millimolars per deciliter high or higher indicates type 2 diabetes. So so those are the numbers. In the morning, below 100 or 5.6 is normal. A fasting blood sugar from 100 to 125 or 5.6 to 7.0 is considered prediabetes. 
and then the fasting blood sugar of 126 or higher, or 7.0 millimolar per deciliter or higher indicates type 2 diabetes. And of course, I'm going to link to this article so you can read it for yourself and have a good place where you can go and check. If you do decide to go get a blood glucose monitor, you have a good place to say, okay, here's the reading. Is that normal prediabetes or diabetes? According to the National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases, an estimated 88 million adults over 18 have prediabetes, and that is just shy of 34.5% of U.S. adults. So almost 35% of us have prediabetes and another percent of us has type 2 diabetes. So that is an enormous amount of people. And wouldn't it be wonderful, and it is wonderful, if you can take action as soon as you get into that prediabetic range to get it back into a normal, normal range so you're not experiencing peripheral neuropathy issues with with eyesight, issues with kidneys, and I will link to this article so you can read a little bit more on some of the consequences. But of course, today we're talking about our personal story and also the simple things that we did in order to get that pre-diabetic blood sugar back to normal. And like so many women, my impaired glucose tolerance developed during my pregnancy. After my son was born, my weight, my blood pressure, and my blood sugar levels never quite returned to normal, even after seven years of low-fat dieting and regular steady-state cardio exercise. So I was doing what I was being told. I was cutting fat, and I was doing a lot of cardio, and I was still never getting to normal weight Normal blood, normal blood glucose, or even normal blood pressure. Eliminating sugar, flour, vegetable oils, and seed oils brought my blood sugar back to normal, and that allowed me to release 70 pounds of fat. So from my high weight after after pregnancy, not including pregnancy, but after pregnancy, you know, after I had gotten home from that weight to my normal weight was 70 pounds, and I did that. Finally, was able to complete that journey when I gave up sugar, grains seed oils, and vegetable oils. Of course, my husband then has enjoyed a lifetime at a healthy weight, but once he started to experience the burning feet, it scared him enough to make him willing to start checking his fasting blood glucose. And then of course, he was very upset when it turned out to be literally in the morning in the diabetic range. It was over 150. Now, a lot of people who tell their stories about overcoming diabetes, their blood sugar is much, much higher, but 150? that's high enough. And he immediately asked me to help him get off of the sugary, the starchy snacks that he had been eating and overeating. And after three days, just three days of quitting sugar, grains, vegetable oils, and seed oils, his blood sugar was back in the normal range. And what's even better is that the foot burning was gone. So it actually really did work. And it took about three days for his fasting blood sugar in the morning, tested by his blood glucose monitor to be in the normal range. So I'll mention again that one of the books that if you would read this and carefully, this gave me such a clear understanding of what my diet and then what my husband's diet, what this, this was doing to our bodies. And that book is Sugar Crush by Richard P. Jacoby and Raquel, Bal- <laughs> Raquel Baldelamar. There's her name. I want to give Raquel her due credit. And there is a link. I'll put a link in the in the show notes, and that is my uh, Amazon uh, Associates link. Sugar Crush lists and explains the physical symptoms of impaired glucose intolerance, prediabetes, diabetes, and it confirms 
the very good news that you can take action to ward off the consequences of type 2 diabetes if you cut added sugars and processed grains out of your eating plan as soon as these symptoms appear. But if you don't know what's causing them, how can you take action? But now if you read this book and listen to this podcast, you will know. Quitting sugar can be difficult at first, and staying off of sugar is a challenge in our world that is full of snack-filled environment. There are snacks everywhere, especially in like the break room at work. But the benefits are so clear and so important that our initial and ongoing efforts to keep blood sugar levels in a healthy range, this is a small price to pay for good health, well-being, peace of mind. You, believe me, you're going to sleep a lot better if your feet don't burn. Here are the simple changes I made to my husband's eating plan. First, no sugar, grains, vegetable oils, or seed oils. And in other words, that's nothing out of a bag or a box. And you can also think in terms of shopping the outside aisles of the store, uh, produce, the milk, milk, eggs, and dairy, and then the meat department. And then another way you can think about it is shop the farmer's market, go to the butcher, and then think of what the milkman used to bring. I know that's years and years ago. I'm not old enough to actually remember a milkman, but I remember living in a house we moved into that had one of those metal cases that was for the milkman to leave things in. So it wasn't all that far away, but just this concept of if it's at the farmer's market, if you can get it at the butcher, if you can get it from the milkman, it's probably not processed food in a bag or a box that's going to have a lot of sugar, grains, or seed oils or vegetable oils in it. Number two, a simple breakfast of eggs and bacon, eggs and some steak, or maybe some salmon. This works really well. And I know, I know we can go into talking about eating meat and eating animal products, but this is just simply, if you're listening to the show, this is simply what worked for him. And so it was in the morning, just that, that very simple, you know, protein fat, but no starches and no carbohydrates in the morning. And I can do, I'll probably do another episode on how I've actually done a vegetarian ketogenic plan. I can do another episode later on how you can do this um, as a vegetarian. I don't have experience with doing it as a vegan, that there are other folks who are going to be able to, you know, give you more information and more experience than I can on that. But it's that very simple breakfast, very old fashioned breakfast. This is three. Lunch is, um, is beef, poultry, or fish with a large toss salad with olive oil and vinegar dressing. Number four, dinner is any of the proteins that listed with a cooked low starch vegetable like broccoli, zucchini, asparagus, cauliflower, or green beans. And if you're hungry enough, you can have another green salad with that. The salads and the vegetables definitely are going to be, you know, getting a lot of above ground vegetables. You're going to be full, you're going to be satisfied. And it's plenty of food. And what my husband discovered is that he did not need to eat between meals. But if he is hungry between meals, he could have some cheese, raw vegetables with salsa, hard-boiled egg, or leftovers from lunch or dinner. But he usually doesn't want, and this is just happens naturally, and it happened naturally to me. We naturally only want two meals a day. When we're nourished and satisfied, and we're not you know, goosing up our appetites with sugar and grains, we end up just wanting two meals a day. So we're, we're doing kind of 16-8 fasting, and that's happening naturally. Another thing that we do is we do have a tonic in the morning, and that's a tablespoon of Bragg's apple cider vinegar, a quarter teaspoon 
of vitamin C powder and then just water in the morning. It's pretty sour, but it really does help uh, with blood sugar levels. And I'll do another podcast down the road that talks a little bit more about the research behind the apple cider vinegar and what that's doing for blood sugar levels. Within three days of stopping his sugar habit, my husband's blood sugar was back in the normal range and the burning in his feet was gone. And this happened several weeks ago and Van is staying sugar-free. You know, he's coming and he's checking in with me on what we should be eating. It's summertime, so we're, we're grilling our meats in the morning to save the heat. So we'll grill enough protein sources to last us for several days. And then I'll just simply add the salad and his vegetables. I'm going to be straight with you. I'm going to be honest with you. Right now, I am following uh, an animal-based carnivore diet um, just because I am I have a range that I'm very, very comfortable in, in terms of my weight. And I had gotten, during COVID, I got into the higher, higher level of that range. I've never gone over a normal, healthy weight since I lost the weight after quitting sugar and grains. But when my weight starts to creep up, I do go carnivore until I get back into that normal range, and then I will add back uh, salads and above-ground vegetables as long as they're well-tolerated, and even sometimes low-sugar fruits. So those are still on the plan if you tolerate them well. In other words, if they don't raise their blood sugar too much and if they don't cause cravings. So it really does work. His blood sugar is down. He is continuing with this way of eating, which is all the different proteins, uh, including eggs, and then uh, salads and vegetables that grow above the ground. It's working really well for him. He can also, every once in a while, have fruits that are in season. He has always naturally had better blood glucose tolerance than I have. So it's working really well. I love him so much and it really is a pleasure for me to make sure that Van has the foods he needs to stay happy and healthy and satisfied for years to come because our son is, uh, he's turned 20 and you know he's working and he's going to college and we're getting into these years where we should you know really be able to enjoy our time together and we do, but we can only do that if we stay healthy, right? So if you have any questions, please send them to me. Email me, Catherine at cardiofreedom.com. And as always, be well, eat for yourself, and come and listen again to the next episode of The Sugar Freedom Show.